What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. Ray, my man, how are we feeling? We got the combine this week. We are pumped up for that. But before the combine, wanted to give the people a mock draft, but not just any mock draft. We're going two round for the people. Ray, how are we feeling? It's honestly, this is a big week. First two round mock of the fucking off of the uh, draft process, which is my favorite. I love the two rounds because just 32 picks isn't enough. And then starting tomorrow, I guess, is on-field workouts for the Combine. I think, what, is it the uh, defensive linemen and outside linebackers or the linebackers, I believe? So yes, sir. deep group should be fun. Love Nothing I love more than watching men in their underwear run, run in a straight line and fight each other. So, you know, <laughs> two things I fucking love to do. So we're pumped up. It's American pastime. Oh, yeah. um, before we get to the mock draft, um, we've been fielding a lot of questions about Dean. He has been on the show in a little bit. Um, so we're, we're pronouncing Dean dead to the podcast industry right now live. Um, right. If you want to do, maybe, maybe we'll do some best Dean moments right now, quickly before we get to the mock. What's your favorite Dean moment on the I, pod? I mean, just for say one's up for our guy, RIP and peace. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough one. I just poured a drink out for him. But um, <laughs> my, my favorite Dean moment has to be season one, episode one. When first mock draft we're doing, and he starts to talk about Laramie Tunzel being on the Jaguars, um, <laughs> he went on for maybe 10, 15 seconds and tr- demanded that we restart the episode. That's a good one. It's an all-timer. That's a great um, one. I like when he said Nick Herbig would, could play five-tech on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> that was a good one, too. Um, it's just there's so many to count. Which yeah, one's your favorite? There's so many. Uh, I mean, my favorite is we were talking about the Buffalo Bills and their chances to go deep in the playoffs. And he went on like a three-minute rant about how Kirk Cousins is going to lead them to the playoffs. <laughs> and we had to stop him and tell him that we were talking about the Buffalo Bills, um, which he tried to he tried to uh, backtrack and, and say he knew what he was talking about. But we, we obviously know that. Um, also want to call out some of Dean's favorite players that he scouted during his time at BTT. Trevor Penning, um, who is terrible uh, on the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Uh, said he uh, said he didn't want to sit behind him at a Taco Bell. That was his reason for uh, drafting him so highly because he could eat a lot. Um, so Quentin good scouting Johnston. there. And then uh, and then Quentin Johnson, obviously wide receiver one um, for the entire 2022 season, looked really really bad last year too. So Dean, uh, not the best. Well, so. that, that was the same year, I'm pretty sure, where Dean declared his Utah fandom and then immediately pivoted to TCU when they went 7-0, <laughs> right? Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. Um, yeah, I think Dean watched, had more Taco Bell references than minutes watched of game tape on this podcast. So he was a real one, though. We're going to miss him. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully he can, uh, he'll call us out for this little segment, but I guarantee he doesn't. So it's going to be good. <laughs> um, so you actually have the football guys now. Um me and Ray, fully locked in, ready to go to the draft. Let's do this mock draft. Um, before we actually get to the mock draft, one more time. Um, at the top with Chicago, we did make a trade for Justin Fields. We had Justin Fields going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the package that we worked out is for pick 51 in the second round and then a 25 third. Feeling good about that still? I think if anything, that may be a little much, but I think it's a good baseline for this, for the purposes of this podcast, especially with the two round mock going. So um, I do think a, a second this year would likely be involved, but 
I could also see maybe a third and a second next year, something along those lines. So, but I think that's a good a good baseline to use. Right. So when we're going, I also through, do. I also love the Steelers uh, match. I feel like that'd same. be a fun that'd be a fun uh, a fun spot for him to land. Right. I agree. So when we're going through the draft, pick fifty one will now be to the Chicago Bears. But let's start at pick one, where the Chicago Bears are on the clock. I'm on the clock. The order is going to be me then you. I got them taking Caleb Williams here. Still have him as my number one quarterback. Obviously still a need, especially after they trade Justin Fields. Um, I know Drake May is still your number one guy, but I think the sentiment around the league is that Caleb Williams will go number one to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that, especially with what everyone's saying at this moment. It sucks that none of those, none of the top three guys are going to be throwing or may, may not even be participating in the combine this week, which kind of sucks. But um, a lot of J.J. McCarthy hype is going to be after this week, I'll tell you that much. Big opportunity for McCarthy, for Penix, and for Bo Nix to uh, help their stock for sure. Let's go to you here. Pick two with the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I mean, I'm running this card in, obviously, Drake May. Uh, Washington needs a quarterback, clearly. And I do love the fact that um, you can get Drake May in the room with Sam Howell again. I think help ease his transition into the NFL. I think that's really big for him. Uh, I think I don't. I love Drake May. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the arm. So I love his ability to attack downfield. I think this is a home run for Washington. And after this, you just got to address offensive line with the litany of uh, picks that you have the rest of this draft because you got to keep him upright. Right. It's really not a bad situation for him to walk into. You have two good pass catchers and Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dotson, like you said, just fix up those tackle positions and uh, sure up the, some of the interior stuff, but not a terrible position for Drake May to walk into. I'm on the clock here at pick three with the New England Patriots. I got them taking Marvin Harrison Jr. here. Best player in the draft. I just have a really hard time with a team feeling comfortable picking the third quarterback in the draft at pick three. I just think it's a lot for a team. I think this is a good trade-out spot. For New England, who has a lot of holes, I think they would feel comfortable taking a guy like Penix or a guy like Bo Nix later in either round one or early round two, if they can swing that. So I think Marvin Harrison, just too much talent to pass up because they really need pass catchers too. And I just do not think this is a good situation to bring a rookie quarterback in. I think they attack the veteran market um, pretty hard, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know like today the GM spoke and pretty much kind of shit all over Mac Jones and um, what's his face? Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, thank you. So uh, they're definitely going to have to bring in someone from the outside, but I agree. I think taking QB three here when this team is just, it's just absolutely void of talent and just you're just setting him up for failure. I don't think it's fair for the player and I don't think it's smart team building. So I think getting the number one player in this draft here and then we'll see what happens in round two or in the veteran market where maybe they can get another quarterback in and compete. Right. You're on the clock here at four with the Arizona Cardinals, the first of their two picks in the first round. Yeah, so this was a tough one. Um, I feel like Marvin Harrison Jr. has been mocked here just all over the place. I think it makes a lot of sense. It, this, But with no Marvin, it had to really debate between OT1 or wide receiver two and neighbors. I'm going Malik neighbors here. I think you just, you just invested a lot in Paris Johnson Jr. last draft. Uh, if DJ Humphreys is able to return next year and be healthy, you have your book, your bookend tackles already. So I think take the the dynamic pass catcher, help this offense get a little bit more of a spark, pair him outside with Michael Wilson. And you have so, they have so many other top 100 draft picks in a deep offensive line class in general. So maybe you address the interior later in the draft. Yeah. I love this. You know how I feel about Malik neighbors. 
Um, I do think there is a gap between him and Marvin Harrison, but I think the gap is a lot closer than some people realize. He's a he's an awesome football player. He's a great pick at four. I'm on the clock here at five with the L.A. Chargers. I got them taking Joe Alt. Um, thought pass catcher here. Um, I do like the Romo Dunze fit, but they went wide receiver in the first round last year with Quentin Johnson. I think you have Joe Alt. You have bookend tackles with him and Rashawn Slater. It's a great way to start um, the 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 Harbaugh era. It's a Harbaugh pick. You know what I mean? Like it's Harbaugh going to go wide receiver three in the top five spot, or are you going to protect your quarterback who just got a season-ending injury last year and get two bookends? I think it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I also think trade out here makes a ton of sense as well. Just yeah. considering the cap uh, situation they're in, they're in cap hell. They're gonna have to lose a lot of key veterans this this offseason. I'm assuming just to get over the uh, cap the cap mark. So mm-hmm. I think trade back here makes a lot of sense, especially with the Giants sitting behind them. I know there's a lot of heat coming out that they like Jaden Daniels. So maybe Arizona would want to move up or one of those teams, 11 to 13. Yeah, I think this has also been an interesting spot. People have been mocking Brock Bowers. I mean, I like the fit, but I just think it's. They just have too many other holes. You're they just have too powers, many other you, needs. You have to trade out if you're going to. Yeah. You, if you could take him, in even at eight, I don't hate it as much, especially because you're going to get a, another day pick or two, another day two pick or two. Right. So I mean, I've been. I feel like I've been saying this since maybe during the season that love Brock Bowers as a prospect, but t- the top five talk, I think it needs to calm down a little bit. I think his floor is in that fifteen range, but I just think it's way too rich to be taking a tight end at that spot. Yeah, I think a lot of answers. Um, a lot of questions will be answered at the combine too, with how big he actually is too. I think he's going to come in probably a little bit smaller than some people realize. So that might push him down a little bit. I, I just saw a graphic too today. It was like all like, the, I don't know what it was. I actually, just to be clear, I didn't read the specifics of the graphic. It was just, but I just saw it was a listed of the tight ends drafted. It looked like they were around one, but I don't know if maybe it was the top 10 or so. Um, and like, just like, I think only one of them got extended. Uh, like a couple of them got cut before the contract was even uh, the rookie contract was even up. So and you you just don't see them get extended too often. You know, I mean, Kyle Pitts is still on a rookie deal. We don't know how that's going to go. Hawkinson got traded. So you, if you draft someone this high, a tight end, the track record shows you don't even get the best out of them. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. I think you, you just got to take positional value into effect. And especially when you have OT one on the board as well, it's going to be hard to pass on that. Right. You're on the clock here at six with the New York Giants. Who you got here? A similar situation, I think. Um, but with the Giants, they've so invested so much in the offensive line. Uh, sure, Evan Neal hasn't looked too good, but you you have two second-round picks to address the offensive line later, so I'm going wrong with Dunze. This, um, this offense needs a difference maker, especially with Saquon Barkley going into free agency. Most likely, I don't think he's going to return, but I mean, I guess time will tell. Um and their wide receivers, I feel like they're a little small. You got Wandell Robinson that they drafted. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's more of just a vertical field stretcher. They need a guy. Um, and I think Romo Dunze is a true number one. He's almost 220 pounds, 6'2", six-two-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. So you get someone who can be a go-to guy for Daniel Jones. And I, I don't think drafting a quarterback here is the right move either because this is another roster I feel like it's just so depleted of talent. Like they, I know a lot of the Giant fans and just media in general are – I guess we're disappointed in this past season, but I think that their expectations just got raised so high because Dable and that team ex- exceed expectations so much in that first year. So I think expectations need to come down. I know people are saying that if he doesn't make the playoffs, he may lose his job. I think that's fucking preposterous. This team needs to accumulate talent. I think Dable's a good offensive mind coach, and I think 
getting a, a true number one pass catcher really helps push them in the, uh, the right direction. Right. I agree. Like that fit a lot too. I'm at seven here with the Tennessee Titans. I got them taking Olu Fashanu. This has been basically whatever tackle is available at this spot, pretty much in, in every mock draft. This offensive line was really bad last year. You get Olu to come in, play left tackle right away. You get him next to Peter Skaronsky, and you get your left side shirt up for the future to protect Will Levis. So uh, Olu Fashanu here at seven. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That left side is shirt up too, and um... – that's another team. I think they just got in. What what's his name? Not uh. What's the Callahan's dad's name again? Is it Bill? Is it Bill Brian Callahan? Callahan? Well, Brian is. Oh Brian's yeah, the, Bill Bill Callahan is the dad. offensive line coach. So that should yeah. really help improve that unit too. And getting a premier talent like Olu to help groom as well. I think it's going to be something something enticing. But they did. I'm pretty sure both the GM and the running backs coach was talking about the addition of Bill Callahan being so much that they maybe they can go and get a pass catcher. I think the direct quote from the GM was they want people who can score touchdowns. So it's something to keep an eye on. I know uh, offensive tackle has been a really common mock pick here, but with after the combine, maybe that starts changing. Interesting. You're at eight here with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is where the Jaden Daniels slide is going to stop. Uh, he's personally my quarterback four, but I feel the like consensus around the league is he's going to be number three. So I think Jaden Daniels, and I think there really is no better spot for a rookie quarterback to go than Atlanta. And you had a, a premier offensive line in front of you and a bunch of dynamic uh, skill position players that they've taken in the top 10 the last three drafts. So that backfield with him and Bijan is probably the most dynamic backfield in the league from day one. So Jaden Daniels here. Yeah, I love this fit. He will be ready-made to go in this offense too. I think they get a lot, can do a lot of creative things with the offensive line that they have and with the skill guys that they have. So I actually do really like this fit for him specifically too. Um, I'm on the clock here at nine with Chicago's second first round pick. I got them taking Dallas Turner here. Um, I was hoping that one of the wide receivers would be here, hoping a Dunze or, or neighbors got here. The fact that they didn't, I think this is too high to pick any of the other wide receivers. And I think there are a lot of good options come the second round, come the third round. So I got them taking Dallas Turner here, edge from Alabama. This team needs edge help opposite Montez Sweat. I think he fits in their scheme. Um, and the way that this defense played, especially towards the end of last season, um, I thought the back end was really good, even though Jalen Johnson's a free agent too. But I think they just needed one more guy along that defensive line opposite Sweat. So I really like Dallas Turner. He's my edge one. So um, I got him going here at nine to Chicago. Yeah, I like that pick too. Um, they they finally make that weakness a strength on that defensive end. And I think that's just so important for this scheme. So really helps right. getting that defense going. Right. Let's round out the top 10 here with our New York Jets. Yeah. Um, everyone knows they need off the tackle here. <laughs> so I'm going JC Latham. He's my OT one. I'll just keep making this pick for the Jets. I can't, I couldn't change it. Just even, I just couldn't do it. So this, this is an off season where they got add three, three starting offensive linemen. Um, so this, I think this pick more than ever has to be offensive line. Agreed. And I'm, uh, I'm not going to talk you off the of Latham. He's my he's my tackle three as well. Let's run through the top ten and then we'll keep it moving. So Chicago at number one took Caleb Williams. Two was the Washington Commanders. They took quarterback Drake May. Three, the New England Patriots took wide receiver one Marvin Harrison. The Arizona Cardinals at four took wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Five was the LA Chargers taking offensive tackle Joe Alt. Sixth was the New York Giants. They took wide receiver Roma Dunze. Seven, the Tennessee Titans took offensive tackle Olu Fashanu from Penn State. At eight, the Atlanta Falcons took quarterback three, Jaden Daniels. 
Nine was the Chicago Bears again, taking Dallas Turner, edge from Alabama. And then 10, the New York Jets taking offensive tackle, J.C. Latham. I'm on the clock here at 11 with the Minnesota Vikings. I got them taking J.J. McCarthy here. I feel like this has been another popular spot for McCarthy to come off the board. I think the teams after the top 10 are really interesting for this quarterback four spot with Minnesota, Denver, and Vegas picking 11, 12, and 13. So I think it might be a little bit of a rat race to see who can possibly get up ahead of this pick. Um, But with no trades in this mock draft, I really like this fit for McCarthy. I think they're going to be aggressive trying to bring back Kirk Cousins, maybe on a one-year deal. I think that's perfect case scenario for McCarthy to sit a year, sit two years, and then get him ready to play. Um, I I know you really like this fit as well in this Kevin O'Connell offense. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think this is there's like for for McCarthy personally, there is no better spot for him to go. I don't think. I think especially being able to sit behind Kirk Cousins and develop for a year or two. I think two or three would even be correct to say. Um, I think it's perfect. I think that's probably his best chance to succeed. Damn, I'm perfect. Um, <laughs> you're on the clock here at twelve with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, I personally can't rationalize going QB five in the situation especially considering this team's in kind of in cap hell and just to take on all that dead money from Russ, I just don't see how it's feasible. I think it seems like they're going to do it. Um, yeah, and, it does. And, but like, I just don't get it. He's got 35 or $85 million in dead cap, I believe. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm pulling it up now. I think after 6-1, it's still 35 this year and 50 next year. I don't, I mean, unless Russ like, dogged his wife. I don't understand how you're doing this. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, So that being said, I'm going with my personal edge one, Jared Verse. This team was, I think, bottom 12 in sacks with 42. I think he's the highest floor player, and it really gives um, a dynamic edge presence for this team. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, good pick here. Cannot knock you at all for that, and I agree. Quarterback five going here at 12 is just way too rich. I'm on the clock here at 13 with the Las Vegas Raiders. Another possible quarterback spot. Again, too rich. I got them taking cornerback one, Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Um, I know he's not your cornerback one, but, you know, this is my spot. So I'm going to take my guy. Um, They just, they need athletes in the back end. They're just bereft of of them right now. So Nate Wiggins, good size, good speed. He's going to run well at the combine. Uh, I think he's got, mid round mid first round grade um so i don't think this is too early for him but uh I like the landing spot here yeah i mean i don't hate it i think they definitely need cornerback help i think they kind of need a ball hawk uh in a sense so i feel like my boy cooper DeGene makes a lot of sense as well so be curious to see what they prioritize because you do know the raiders they've always loved the, the true athleticism so wiggins runs a 428 this weekend um you know davis is going to be all excited licking his chops yeah. you're on the clock here at 14 with the new orleans saints yeah so this is another uh common quarterback spot but for me i'm going brian thomas jr i just think the idea of pairing uh, brian bit. thomas Ju- brian thomas jr with chris olave uh michael thomas is a free agent i think it just gives them one of the, the uh most dynamic pass catching duos in the league especially young pass catching duos and i think yeah if Derek Carr is not the answer. He's not the answer, but don't you can't let him just be thrown to no one out there. So they need to get some more weapons for them. Uh, I think it'll make it make this offense operate a little bit more effectively. Yeah, not the biggest Derek Carr fan, but you have seen him play well in the past. So get him some more weapons. I really like the fit with Thomas and and Olave together. I think that's great. 
Um, I'm on the clock here at 15 with the Indianapolis Colts. I got them taking Terry on Arnold. This is another team that loves, loves their athletic testing, especially with their corners. Um, they took a few guys last year. They took Julius Brents in the second round. But I love this pairing of Brents and Terry on Arnold, two long physical corners that you can really just jam at the line of scrimmage. And I think they're... Their defensive line is good enough to to get home, and this is going to be a really interesting team with Anthony Richardson coming back. So I like them getting some secondary help here. Yeah, I mean, I can't knock it too hard because they do need some cornerback help, but for me personally, I would have taken the guy I'm about to take next. So with 16 for Seattle, I'm going Brock Bowers. I think this is where the fall stops. Um, I think he's a consensus top seven player in this draft. I think that's being even conservative too, and it's just too much value for me. Um, I think – Having a supporting cast with uh, DK, Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jay Witt, and now throw Bowers into the mix, I think it's the best supporting cast in the league for any quarterback behind center. Um, but the only other spot I was thinking about leaning was guard, but you can address that later in the draft. It's pretty deep for the offensive line, like we've been saying, or even in free agency. So uh, this is just a, a value pick and kind of just being spoiled. Yeah. Um, yeah, throw Drew Lock in uh... – Give him a, a three-year deal, and uh, I'll call it a day. I mean, what about Gino? Fuck Gino. <laughs> um, I'm I'm on the clock here at 17 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kind of just another pick of value. Uh, I'm taking Talese Fuaga here from Oregon State, offensive tackle. I think this is just too far of a fall for him. I think he's a, just a really good player. I think he could play tackle or he could play guard for them. This is also this is the last year. Um, of deals for Brent Sheriff, who's getting up there in age. Cam Robinson's going to be a free agent next year, and also Walker Little. So if you see one of those two tackles between Robinson and, and Walker Little walk out the door next year, this is automatically your replacement for him. But I do think um, he could slide in at, at either of the guard positions, too, in year one if, if you needed him to. Um, just too far of a fall for him at 17. I respect it. I was debating go back home back and forth for him in Seattle. So I like that. Yeah. You're on the clock here at 18 with the Cincinnati Bengals. Going back to the trenches. Um, I'm going to Marius Mims. They they need to protect Burrow, dude. They allowed 50 sacks last year. I think it was bottom seven in the league. Uh Jonah Williams is a free agent. And it's it's enough getting cute. You gotta invest some uh premium draft capital in the tackle or offensive line positions. Uh no more kind of penny pitching and going in free agency. So I think him and Orlando Brown as bookends for him. I mean, he, and by the end of his rookie contract, he could be the best offensive tackle in this draft class. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. So go with the upside pick here. Great. I like it. I'm on the clock here at 19 with the LA Rams. I got them taking Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, We talked about this in our cornerback episode. feel like we both kind of said it that, he could end up being the, the best corner in the in this draft class. He's played outstanding the last two years. This team really needs some secondary help. They got a lot of young guys who got to play last year, but it was up and down. So this is a stable corner. Um, I know who he is. I thought Edge maybe here too to to pair with some of their young pieces. Um, but but give me some secondary help with, with Kool-Aid here. Like it. I'm curious what Kool Kool-Aid runs. I feel like what he runs is big this weekend. Uh if he runs in the four fives, he may kind of fall out of that day one talk, but his tape is so clean and he's so physical and just been doing it for so long in the SEC. I love him as a prospect, dude. Yeah, he's a great player. You're on the clock here at 20 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going a little bit off the grid here. I'm going Jackson Powers Johnson. Uh, they just cut Mason Cole, I think, today or yesterday. 
cleared up some cap room. I think you you got to this this is a Pittsburgh team that wants to be a ground and pound team. I think going getting one, one of the a first round center with his size, his strength, his ability to just man that pivot spot. I think it would really do wonders for this offense and really strengthen that interior along with him and Dan, James Daniels and then Isaac Semel. How do you pronounce his name? Semolau. Semolau. Yeah, I can't say that shit. Uh, but really, really just add on to that offensive line. He just seems like such a Pittsburgh Steeler type of player. I don't know about what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gritty. He's gritty and he's big. I think he could play guard in a pinch too if, if they needed him to. Um, I think this team needs corner help as well, but he's another one. Clean, really clean prospect, and I just know who he is. So um, this, cannot... this corner glass is deep as hell too. True. It doesn't have the top-end talent like we talked about on last week's app, but – it's a deep class. You can find some starting help on day two. Right. Um, let me rattle off these last 10 picks, and then we'll keep it moving. At 11, the Minnesota Vikings took quarterback J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. 12 was the Denver Broncos taking Jared Verse. Um, edge from Florida State. 13 was the Las Vegas Raiders taking cornerback one Nate Wiggins from Clemson. 14, the New Orleans Saints took Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver from LSU. 15 was the Indianapolis Colts taking Terrion Arnold, cornerback from Alabama. 16 was the Seattle Seahawks taking tight end one Brock Bowers. 17, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Talise Fuaga, offensive tackle from Oregon State. 18 was the Cincinnati Bengals taking offensive tackle Marius Mims from Georgia. 19, the LA Rams took Kool-Aid McKinstry out of Alabama, the cornerback. And then 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Jackson Powers Johnson, interior offensive lineman out of Oregon. I am on the clock here at 21 with the Miami Dolphins. I got them taking Troy Fontenot. I really like this fit, honestly. I think he fits in their in their zone run scheme. Um, three big names for them are free agents: Connor Williams, Isaiah Wynn, and Robert Hunt, who all play on the interior. Um, this is a guy that can give you interior and tackle flexibility at the next level. Uh, Toronto Armstead has been banged up; he's on a massive deal too. So um, this could be your eventual left tackle too. You're on mute. Oh wow. I heard some rumors that he may retire. That'd be crazy. So, so I mean, I mean, I don't know just because he's been banged up a lot, or no one knows how much longer he has left. So I do think getting someone with some tackle versatility is smart as well. Right. You're on the clock here at 22 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So this is a tough one for me. Um, I feel like the Eagles' track record is they always go with either a big man or a wide receiver in the first round. They don't really deviate from that. But I'm going with cornerback. It's a position of needs. I'm going uh, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. I think it's one of my favorite fits of the mock draft. I think I love his ability to play zone and matchup and man. He's a ball hawk. And this defense really struggled towards the end of the last season. I would I'd even go to say they they imploded. So they're old at cornerback with uh, Bradbury and Slay. So get, get younger at the position with a premium talent. Yeah, I also love um, his mindset too. I think it fits with the Philly mindset of how they want to play. So really like this fit too. I'm on the clock here at 23 with the Houston Texans. I got them taking Laatu Latu here, the edge from UCLA. This is just a ready-made player coming off the edge. I love this fit with him and Will Anderson as your premier edge rushers of the future. Um, I think they each give you a little bit something different. Latu is a little more technical. Will Anderson's got a little more juice. Um, and obviously we know in, in this D'Amico Ryan system – it's all about the defensive line getting pressure. So give me a guy who's racked up some of the most pressures in college football over the last two years. Like it. That's your guy too. So yes, it is good scheme fit for sure. 
You're on the clock here at 24 with the Dallas Cowboys. It's another tough one. Uh, I was, I was, my mind is immediately on the offensive side of the ball with either uh, wide receiver reinforcements or the offensive line. I decided to go offensive line with Tyler Guyton. Uh, Tyron Smith's a free agent. He's probably not going to return from all reports. And uh, Guyton's another one, massive ceiling. We all know about his movement ability, really showed out the senior bowl. The one issue with this is that he's a right tackle only right now. He really struggled at left tackle in the senior bowl. And Terrence Steele's kind of locked in at that right tackle position. He has filled in at left tackle uh, for the Cowboys in the past. So you can see if that works like that, or maybe even Tyler Smith, who's been playing left guard for them since he's been drafted. So a little bit of an issue in terms of position, positional fit. But you just got to get a talented offensive lineman in the building. So I think it makes makes sense, and they'll make it work. Right. With his movement skills, too, I don't think it would be too much of a, a transition. But I, I agree with you, too. If if they didn't feel like he was ready in year one, Tyler Smith was outstanding when he when he had to fill in a left tackle, too. So um like that, like that fit a lot. Guyton's a really good player. I'm on the clock here at 25 with the Green Bay Packers. I got them taking your boy here, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. I love this fit. Um, this is a team that needs secondary help in the worst way, opposite Jair Alexander. I think this could be your other outside corner opposite him. I think he could play in the back end at safety. Um, I think he could be your slot. This is just the ultimate matchup piece um, for a team that, that really needs it. So Cooper DeGene here for, uh, for Green Bay. I like it. All right, let's keep it rolling. At 26, you are on the clock with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so I'm going Keon Coleman from Florida State, the wide receiver. Mike Evans is a free agent. No one knows really what he's going to do. Um, I know there's been talks that he wants to return, but don't really know. But at the same time, Godwin's on the last year of his deal. I think you get B- Baker, assuming Baker comes back, you get whoever's playing under center, a big body uh, wide receiver. going to really help him out by expanding the strike zone. So Keon Coleman here. Yeah, I like this as your replacement for Mike Evans. I know he's said that he wants to return, but I just don't see any world in, in where he comes back. I think he needs to go to a contender and, and, and go try to win a championship because he's just had an outstanding career, and it's kind of unfortunate the way this team has kind of unfolded in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're competitive this year. I mean, They, they are. The they were. Championship game. But that being said, they have a lot of free agents and not that much money to spend. So... Right. If, especially and and I don't think he can be tagged because um I think for some reason the tag number is like elevated for him just based on his past contract or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So him hitting the open market, I don't see how they they don't get outbid. So I think it is more likely that he's gone, and I think Keon Coleman's a big a nice replacement for him. Right. I'm on the clock here at 27 with the Arizona Cardinals, the second of their two picks in the first round. They took Malik Neighbors at pick four. I got them taking Byron Murphy, interior defensive lineman from Texas. Um, I thought possibly Darius Robinson here. They they need some edge help, but they need their full defensive line to get filled out. They got some good they got some good snaps last year um, from Dante Stills, who they took in the sixth round from from West Virginia. But Byron Murphy, just a force, especially getting to the quarterback from the interior, which. Almost nobody else in this draft class gives you that outside of of Johnny Newton, um, but he's outstanding. And I think with him in the interior, uh, they'll be able to get some more pressure this year, which they desperately need. Yeah, I feel like we're a little lower on the on Byron Murphy right now than a lot yes. of the media, but we haven't done our deep dive yet into defensive tackles. I feel like with a big weekend this this week and 
once we start getting more into the tape, I feel like he's going to be start rising for us because, especially because that interior, that ability to get pressure from the interior is so massive in today's game. And he's the type of player who has that quick twitch to shoot gaps and has first round potential. So I do think maybe he, he probably ends up getting drafted higher than this. Yeah, I agree. I I'm curious to see what he weighs at the combine. I know he's going to run fast. I know he's going to be twitchy. Um, but I, I do want to see if he gets over that 300 mark. Um, it'd be interesting to see. You're on the clock here at 28 with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so this is actually my favorite fit of the mock. I'm going Troy Franklin, uh, my wide receiver from Oregon. I, I was he was my wide receiver two, I think, coming to the season. He's not going to be that high in our uh, our final rankings, but he's got it all for Buffalo. I think he gives them the he's got size and true deep uh, deep speed to help stretch this defense. He fills in slides right in for Gabe Davis. And I think he's even better. I think in two to three years, he could be a pro bowler on this offense. So I think it's a perfect fit for them. And they need more weapons for Josh. Yeah, I think both of us have Troy Franklin higher than uh, the media, too, at this point. I mean, I have him as a top 20 guy right now. And I think a lot of people have settled in that mid-30s-ish, 40 range. Um, I think Troy Franklin is outstanding. I love him in this fit. I think he gives you more than, than Gabe Davis, like you said. I think he can take screens and I think he could take stuff underneath with his with his speed so I really like that fit I'm on the clock here at 29 with the Detroit Lions this is where I have Darius Robinson going edge from Missouri I love this fit with him and Hutch just two big power edges I think he just fits um, the mentality that Dan Campbell wants to have too this dude brings it every play plays his ass off and this is another one going to be a big time riser uh, come the combine when they see how long, well, we already know how long and how big he is because of the senior bowl measurements. But once everybody sees him up close running and, and doing all the drills and stuff, I think he's going to be a big time riser. Yeah. We, we've really got on his train at the perfect time. Cause we really yeah, beat finger on the pulse. Too. We beat, we beat everyone to it. And I feel like <laughs> you see him so often in the first round. Now he's got too much juice and just, it's too freaky to not go in the first. I don't think. And I, I do love, love, love the fit in this Detroit defense. So right. good pick. Thanks, bro. Uh, 30, you got the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going um, offensive tackle slash guard uh, Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Both their guards are free agent and Kevin Zeitler and Sim- uh, John Simpson. Ronnie Stan- Stanley has been shaky at best, and Morgan Moses is getting up there in age. So got to protect uh, Lamar. They've they spent some premium capital on wide receiver the past few years. So I think you got to build a fortress in front of Lamar and really get this running game going, which is – that's how they win. Right. Like it. Uh, yeah. The Ronnie Stanley thing is really weird. I know he's been banged up a little bit, but even when he was in there, like really shaky. It's, I mean, they were rotating Patrick McCarry in there um, to play left tackle a lot. So this could easily be a spot where, uh, where Jordan Morgan takes over a tackle eventually for this team. 31 is the San Francisco 49ers. I got them taking chop Robinson. I love Love, love this landing spot for Chop. Um, if you didn't listen to our edge episode, Ray's got him at edge two. I had him at edge six. I'm a little bit lower. Come combine time, he's going to rise. He's definitely going to go ahead of this 31 spot. But for this sake, I love the San Francisco spot where you could probably get the most out of him more than any other team just because of the way that their defensive line is set up. He's not going to catch any double teams. Um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Nick Bosa. So for him, just to shoot gaps and use his speed to win, I think this is a great fit for him. Yeah, I love it too. 
Good call. All right, round us out the first round with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, this is a tough one. I feel like we kind of missed the run of wide receivers a little bit. So I'm going with defensive tackle Juzon Newton. I think it's more of a value pick than anything. I can see a trade out here as well, just considering the quarterback's still left for the board. Someone wanted to get that fifth-year option. But in this situation, we're not doing any trade outs. Um, they just came out that they're going to use the tag on Legarius Sneed, most likely, unless they can work out a deal. So Chris Jones is not going to be able to get tagged. He may he'll probably end up hitting the open market. And I just don't see how they can keep both. So even if they do end up keeping Chris Jones, I think it could be an heir apparent situation. And they can always use some more beef on that interior of the defensive line. So I think it makes sense in that regard. And he's just a solid player. He can play the run, rush the passer. Uh, really, really, really violent hands. So I, I like him as a prospect. And I think we kind of had to get him in the first round in this situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think even if they do bring Chris Jones back, I mean, Spags loves to use this defensive line. He likes to get his best four guys out there in winning time. I mean, Chris Jones plays off the edge a lot too. He's an extremely versatile player. So I do think there would be a lot of cases where you can have Chris Jones out on the edge and you can have Jerzon Newton in the middle. And then you have Carl Loftus on the other side to really nice young defensive line. Um, so if they are able to retain Chris Jones, I do think this is a, a place where they can both play together the way that their scheme is set up. For sure. Let's go through these last 12 picks, and then we'll move on to the second round. At pick 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Jackson Powers Johnson, interior offensive lineman from Oregon. At 21, the Miami Dolphins took Troy Fontenau, offensive lineman from Washington. 22, the Philadelphia Eagles took Quinion Mitchell, cornerback from Toledo. 23, the Houston Texans took Leatu Latu, edge from UCLA. At 24, the Dallas Cowboys took offensive tackle from Oklahoma, Tyler Guyton. 25 was the Green Bay Packers taking Cooper DeGene, corner from Iowa. 26th, Tampa Bay Buccaneers took wide receiver Keon Coleman out of Florida State. 27, the Arizona Cardinals took Byron Murphy, interior defensive lineman from Texas. At 28, the Buffalo Bills took wide receiver Troy Franklin from Oregon. 29 was the Detroit Lions taking edge Darius Robinson from Missouri. 30 was the Baltimore Ravens taking Jordan Morgan, offensive lineman from Arizona. 31, the San Francisco 49ers took Chop Robinson, edge from Penn State. And then at 32, the Kansas City Chiefs took Jerzon Newton, interior defensive lineman from Illinois. I'm on the clock here at 33 with the Carolina Panthers. They didn't have a first-round pick, obviously, with the Bryce Young trade last year. This is their first pick. I got them taking A.D. Mitchell here, wide receiver from Texas. I really like this fit. This team needs wide receivers so bad. Um, they also need offensive line help, too. But with the run on offensive linemen in the first round, I kind of liked Mitchell better here than, than some of the other guys who were left. Um, they they need a field stretcher too. Between Jonathan Mingo and Adam Thielen, they're catching a lot of balls underneath. I mean, Bryce Young's uh, average depth of target last year was insanely low. Um, that needs to improve. So get a guy that can stretch the field a little bit for you. Good route runner, good size, um, and they need it bad. Yeah, I think it does really fit well with what they have already because like, like you mentioned, um, Mingo and and aren't the biggest uh, straight up field stretchers. And he got that size too. That would really help um, Bryce Young with an expanded, uh, expanded target zone. Right. Um, you are on the clock here at 34 with the New England Patriots who took Marvin Harrison with their first pick. Yeah, here I'm going Bo Nix. Um, I think that it's a lot more palatable to be able to take a quarterback at this spot than it is up, up top at the draft. You got Marvin Harrison where they desperately need weapons. So go get a quarterback here and they have a lot of money to spend. So hopefully 
they kind of address the offensive line and kind of make it so he's not absolutely running for his life the entire time. Uh, that being said, you can also afford, I think, to let him sit for a year or two if need be and go with one of the guys that they already have on the roster and maybe in like a tank again sort of situation. Right. I like it. I, I think Bo Nix can come in day one and be their starting quarterback. Bo, Bo Nix really has a, a high a higher floor than people realize. I, I don't know if he has the upside, but I think as a game manager, he can come and win games at the very least, like as a like a backup situation in like the future. But he could be a I think he can be a replacement level starting quarterback. I agree. I mean, I definitely think he's given you more than what Mac Jones was giving you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, well, Mac Jones was fucking horrendous. <laughs> All right. I'm on the clock here at 35 with the Arizona Cardinals, who had two picks in the first round, taking Malik Neighbors at four. And then at 27, taking Byron Murphy, interior defensive lineman from Texas. I got them taking Ennis Rakestraw Jr. Um, out of Missouri. Uh, they need some secondary help, too. This whole defense needs a complete overhaul. I thought their young corners that they drafted last year in Garrett Williams and Keytrail Clark did some nice things. But now you bring in Rakestraw to be the third in that in that pairing. I think you can move Keytrail Clark into the, into the nickel. Um and then you have Rakestraw, who can play in multiple schemes. I think in, in Jonathan Gannon's scheme, they play a lot of zone. So um, I like him in off coverage, too. So I think this is a good fit for him here at 35. Yeah, I like it, too. Um, he's one of your guys as well. So yep. uh, it makes a lot of sense there. <laughs> All right, at 36, you got the Washington Commanders, who took Drake May in the first round. Yeah, uh, this is another one I kind of teased before, but they need to protect this guy, too. So I'm going Graham Barton. Uh, the tackle, I guess we'll just call him off as a lineman from Duke. Uh, this is a team they allowed the second most sacks in the NFL, 65, tied with the Jets. So it's a big need there. I think they have a, a few free agents, if I'm not mistaken. Cornelius, Cornelius Lucas is uh, going to be out there. I think some of their depth is as well. Sadiq Charles is going to be a free agent. Uh, so they got they got to keep him up. Right? Graham Barton is someone who can play up and down the line scrimmage. Gives them a lot of flexibility so they can just get their best five out there. Right, this is a uh, your guy, um, but I really like this fit too. Can play anywhere on this offensive line where they desperately need it. I'm on the clock here at 37 with the LA Chargers, who took Joe Alt in the first round. I got them taking Lad McConkey here. I really love this fit. Um, I know they took Quentin Johnson last year, but now you're getting a guy who can catch the football, um, which is you know this game of football is really important, especially these wide receivers. They got to catch the football. Um, Quentin Johnson did not do enough of that last year. You're also in a situation where you're going to have to get rid of either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen based on their cap situation. Most likely it's going to be Mike Williams. Um, but I love this fit, a guy who can come in right away, play in the slot. And uh, if I know anything about Harbaugh, he's going to love this guy over the middle. I think he could catch 100 balls in year one with Herbert. Yeah, it's good to get them another pass catcher. Like we said, they're going to be uh, down at least one after some offseason cuts, so they're going to need someone else to throw to for Herbert. Right. You're on the clock here at 38 with Tennessee Titans, who took Olu Fashanu in the first round. Yeah, uh, I really wanted Lad. Lad was my guy. I had him <laughs> penciled in, and you, you swiped him from me. So instead, I'm going back to the well. I'm going Zach Frazier, the center, like my it. little guard from West Virginia. Just build an absolute fortress in front of Will Levis. Really, don't give don't give anyone any excuses as to why he failed. Uh, they have some money that they can go address the wide receiver and free agency as well. So, I mean, I think an offensive line of Olu, um, 
Skaronsky. Oh Skaronsky, thank you. And Zach Frazier, just from left to right. It's It really is uh, a mean, nasty unit. Yeah, and uh, one of my big knocks on Levis coming out was that he did not sense pressure well at all. And I think that kind of showed in year one, two, but obviously his offensive line play didn't help him in that respect. This is going to help out a ton. <laughs> yeah, um, I like it a lot. Uh, Zach Frazier, a guy who's been rising uh, a, a lot of media boards and, and our boards as well. He's a really good player. At 39, I'm on the clock here with the New York Giants, who took Roma Dunze in the first round. I know you talked about possibly going tackle in the first round, even though they invested a lot over the few over the last few years. I got them going tackle here in the second round uh, with Kingsley Suamatia um, from BYU. This is a freaky athlete. Um, I also thought Penix possibly here. Um, I know there's been a lot of chatter about the Giants taking quarterback, but it, it, Joe Shane came out today and said that he feels comfortable with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback. If I'm to believe that, I don't know. Um, so thought Penix, but I love them just adding another big freaky uh, athlete on this offensive line. You can move Evan Neal over to guard. Hopefully he starts to figure it out. And then you have two, Really good athletes as your bookends with with Sue Matia and uh, Andrew Thomas. Yeah, I I love that. Uh, I think Sue Matia, the his experience playing both sides really makes it a lot easier too. Because and then Neil played some guard in college, so maybe right. that really does him not being on an island really helps maximize that talent. And then you that's like adding two new starters if you think about it to this uh, this brutal offensive line as well. So I like the I like the idea. I like the fit, especially considering they have another second round pick later. Right. You're on the clock here at 40 with the Washington Commanders, who just took Grant Barton. Um, and obviously they had Drake May as well. Yeah, so I'm going to flip to the defensive side of the ball with this pick just because they are absolutely barren at edge. Uh, this may be a little bit of a reach. I'm going Marshawn Nealand, the uh, edge from, what is he? What is it? What school is he even from? Western Michigan, is it? Or Yep. Thank you. Um so this was more of a better, I feel like out of all the edges left, this was kind of the best fit for this uh, Dan Quinn defense. They need a, a big, strong guy who can play in the a four down scheme. And um, he's going to test off the fucking charge this week. He really impressed at the senior bowl too. So I think he's the type of guy that will rise and someone will see him and just kind of view the potential that they can get out of him. And I think top 40 pick isn't necessarily out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, this is a, a high-risk, high-reward type of pick, and I think it's good for a team like the Commanders who just gave up Chase Young and uh, Sweat. So I think it makes right. a lot of sense here. Um, this pick is also – this was the pick for Montez Sweat, just for uh, anybody listening. Um, yeah, honestly, if I had to bet over-under on 40 uh, for draft spot for Marshawn Nealon, I'm going to take the over. But this is a guy that we both really liked coming out of, out of our edge rankings, and I agree. Of the guys left, I like this fit the best. Um, so cannot knock you there. I'm on the clock here at 41 with the Green Bay Packers who took Cooper DeGene in the first round. I got them taking offensive tackle from Yale. Kieran Amagaji might have butchered that. Who knows? Um, this offensive line just needs some work. Uh, I think tackle is an interesting spot without David Bakhtiari, even though he's been banged up the last couple of years. Um, this is a guy that also played guard in his freshman year at Yale. I think guard might be the spot where he starts. I think there's a lot of unknown with him. He's such a good athlete playing at Yale, but nobody actually knows how good of an athlete he is with real competition. So maybe they start him out of guard. Maybe this is a future tackle. Um, but I do like the versatility for a team that needs offensive line help. 
Yeah, he's an intriguing prospect, dude. He's got the length and just the absolute raw athleticism that you really love to see. He's a really good run blocker, just not many true passing sets in his tape, and especially come off that injury. Um, it's questionable. I mean, this just reminded me, too, about our bet that we made when we were doing the mock draft. <laughs> what was uh, our bet? It was because you said Nealon was a reach. I think this is a reach as well a little bit. So we bet, have a $5 bet on who gets drafted first, uh, Kieran or Marshawn Nealon. So for the boys. <laughs> Wait, did we make that bet already? Is yes, this the yes, bet? we did. We made it uh, while we were doing the mock. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, okay, okay. I forgot about it. Uh, I just remembered. So that's the first of first of our uh, head-to-head bets of the, the season. So we'll see. We'll track these and see who wins more. Love it. Kieran's going to put on an absolute clinic at the Combine, too. Big time riser, Ray. You fucked up bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're on the clock here at 42 with the Minnesota Vikings. You took J.J. McCarthy in the first round. Uh, yeah, so for them, I'm going to address the defensive line. I'm going to go Chris Braswell. Um, I think he's a really good fit for this Brian Flores multiple defensive look as well. And yet, Daniel Hunter is going to be a free agent, probably not going to resign with Minnesota, uh, especially considering we're going to assume that Kirk Cousins gets resigned in this situation as well. So you got someone who can who's powerful, stout against the run. He's got some explosiveness as well. So he's an Alabama defensive end. I think Brian Flores will love him. Yeah, like it a lot. Chris Braswell, good player. Um, I'm on the clock here at 43 with the Atlanta Falcons, who took Jaden Daniels in the first round. I got them taking another edge here in Jonah Ellis out of Utah. I love his production at Utah. I had 12 sacks last year. This team just needs some juice off the edge. They get a lot of pressure from the interior with some of their big guys, um, but these edges really need to get after it, and I think he fits well. Um, with what Raheem Morris wants to do getting after the quarterback. So maybe he's in a rotation in year one as just a, a pass rusher only, but I think he's a damn good one. So uh, 43 for the Atlanta Falcons with Jonah Ellis. I like it. I mean, we we talked about our love for Jonah Ellis uh, on the edge pod, so I think it makes a lot of sense for a team that needs edge, edge help too. Right. You're on the clock here at 44 with the Las Vegas Raiders. They took Nate Wiggins, cornerback one. In the first round, who you got here? Yeah, so I'm gonna. This is where the Michael Panic slide is gonna stop. Uh, they need to add a quarterback. I think Aiden O'Connell, shaky at best. He was, and he was also what a day three pick last year. So yeah. not much uh, in the way of like draft capital already invested. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was suspended. I think his contract is just voided now, if I'm not mistaken, as well. I think they got saved some money with that. So go get Michael Panic, a true pocket passer, and with the, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and then you also have Trey Tucker. Michael Mayer, a, lot, a really good supporting cast of uh, pass catchers. So I think it makes a lot of sense in that regards, and it could really help maximize uh, Panix's ability. The guy's got a hose. So there's some things in terms of footwork under pressure that I'm a little concerned about and just kind of where he wins at best. But I think this is a good spot for him and not a lot of pressure being a second-round pick. Yeah, I agree. like this. Um, obviously, you know how I feel about Panix. I got to say, though, this Jimmy G thing, Seems like a plan. What do you I think mean? the Raiders. I think the Raiders fucked them. You think they? You think they QB sneaked them? Oh yeah, that'd be sick. Imagine Jimmy that came G taking PDs of all people. Please. Did they say what? Did they ever say what it was or no? No, I don't think they ever said what it was. But I'm assuming it's some type of beaver tranquilizer. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Bernice. <laughs> and two counts of beaver tranquilizer. <laughs> That's- that's fucking great. All right. It's good comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. All right, I'm on the clock here uh, at 44 with the New Orleans Saints. 
Um, this is a draft selection from the Sean Payton trade. So, so good on you guys for, for collecting some day two assets for a coach. Um, who do they, they took Brian Thomas Jr. in the first round. I got them taking Patrick Paul, offensive tackle from Houston here. This team needs offensive line help and tackle help, especially. We mentioned Trevor Penning in the opening with Dean. Um, Dean missed on that one, as well as the New Orleans Saints. So this is a high upside tackle. I didn't really love the player when I was watching him, but it's hard to argue with 35-inch arms. Um, and just a massive body that you can throw in at left tackle. Maybe he's not starting right uh, year one, but um, just a high upside tackle. So, yeah, I like it. Give, give him some length and just some flexibility with uh, Bernard Raymond kind of disaster. Or not the Bernard Raymond. Sorry, that's Trevor Penning. The next one. Trevor Penning. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you're on the clock here at 46 with the Indianapolis Colts, who took Taron Arnold in the first round. Yeah, so this was a tough one. I was debating about going with another pass catcher. Uh, but I'm going to assume that Michael Pittman stays in this situation. Then I also thought about going linebacker, but I just don't think there's a linebacker uh, in this spot that really makes sense. So I just, I kind of decided on Tavondre Sweat, the the massive defensive tackle from Texas. I think Chris Ballard loves guys with size and athleticism, and this guy weighed in at 364 pounds, according to Texas, and did, refused to weigh in at the, at the uh, Senior Bowl. So we'll get a little bit more clarification on what he weighs, but he's nimble for someone that size. Uh, I don't know how much pass rush upside there's going to be, but he's just a unit who just plugs a good two gap and just plug and stand up linemen for in the run game. I think he'll be a good early down presence for them. Uh, they allowed at 4.1 yards per carry, but a lot of first downs last year. So I think he's really helps in those short yard situations and any pass rush upside you can get from him is just a plus. So I think this is a good pick for the Colts to help shore up that run defense. Yeah, they got a couple interior guys who are set to hit the free agent market as well. DeForest Buckner is a free agent in 2025, too. Um, so this could also just be a look-ahead spot. But I do think he would get some run in year one, obviously, against the run. Yeah, especially when you had Adebari uh, that they took last year in the fourth. He's kind of more of a pass rush specialist from the right. interior. So I think it's a good dynamic and uh, good rotation they can build. Right. I'm on the clock here at pick 47 with the New York Giants. This was originally Seattle's pick in the Laren Williams trade. The Giants have taken Roma Dunze in the first round, and then they also took Kingsley Suamatia in the second round, the second of their two picks in the second round here. I got them taking Kamari Lasseter. I think this is just really good value for him. He's just a very high-floor player, um, just really knows what he wants to do at the cornerback spot. Dory Jackson is a free agent. This offseason, I think this gives a really nice one-two with him and Deontay Banks, who they drafted in the first round last year. Yep, I like it. I think they need some help in the secondary. I think I told you to go with one of my guys in this spot, and you refused. So maybe we'll have a Kamari Lasseter and uh, Abrams Drain bet. I would love to. All right, well, we'll lock that down now, too. Yeah, plus, Five dollars. Plus, plus 28 and a half draft spots, though. Pussy. <laughs> plus 28 and a half draft <laughs> spots. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're on the clock here at 48 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Took Talise Fuaga, offensive lineman, in the first round. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the wire receiver, uh, Malachi Corley, here. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a free agent. I don't expect him to resign here. Just, I mean, if the, he does resign here, they don't even have this pick. So uh, we have to assume that wire receiver is kind of a need now. Then you got Christian Kirk and Zay Jones there. So go get someone, go get Trevor Lawrence, someone who can really make plays with the ball in his hands. I think it'll be. 
he'll be good as like a wide receiver three to start and really maximize and be able to grow into the position with not as much pressure on him. And it gives this uh, Jaguars offense a different dynamic. Yeah, I really like this fit too, especially with how many deep shots they take with Kirk and with Zay Jones. Um, they even got Parker Washington going a little bit at the at the end of last year too. Love me some this Parker guy. Washington. Yeah. Give this guy all your underneath stuff, all your screens. Uh, like you said, just a different dimension to their offense that they haven't had. I'm on the clock here at 49 with the Cincinnati Bengals. who took up Marius Mims, offensive lineman in the first round. I got them taking Xavier Worthy here. Um, they've recently tagged T. Higgins, so T. Higgins is coming back. But again, I think that's a one-year thing. I think this just gives them another added dimension to their offense that they haven't really had with Worthy speed. Um, he played 40% of his snaps out of the slot last year. I think this could be a place where he takes over that Tyler Boyd role with more juice. Um, they drafted uh, Charlie Jones and uh, Andre Yeshivas last year who who gave them some good run. Um, but I don't think they have anybody with, with the speed that Worthy has. So I like this, just an added dimension that uh, that they don't really have right now. Yeah, I, I don't hate it in that sense. I do think it's kind of a, a spoil of riches for them, and I, do, I don't know if they're going to want to kind of a, address some other holes on this roster, but I love Worthy. I think also I'm a little salty because I was really trying to position myself to take him for the Cowboys later in this draft, so <laughs> I was a little pissed off. All right. Um, you're on the clock here at pick 50 with the Philadelphia Eagles. This was a trade with the New Orleans Saints from the Olave Penning draft. Two years ago, they took Quinion Mitchell, cornerback from Toledo, in the first round. Who you got here? Yeah, I'm going uh, Dominic Pooney, the tackle slash guard from Kansas. Uh, this is one of the – I think I may have to call him a my guy. I fucking love this player. Uh, Jason Kelsey, I don't know if he officially retired yet. Hasn't kind of yet, but free agent I too, feel I like believe. that's going to happen. Yeah, so there's a lot of up in the air with that. Uh, they can kick Landon Dickerson or Cam Jurgens to center and then slide Pooney into that guard spot. Most likely, I guess maybe. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Who, who do you think they would move the center? Actually, now uh, probably Jurgens. I mean, Landon right. Dickerson was just an All Pro at guard. Yeah, true. Good call. Uh, so you can slide him into that right guard spot. Uh, really help sure up this offensive line after they address the cornerback position in round one. Right. Really like Pooney too, um, and he's another one. They love the, the versatility that these guys can bring. So uh, yeah, just adding another good piece to that offensive line. I'm on the clock here at pick 51 with the Chicago Bears who have taken Caleb Williams, Dallas Turner, and that's it so far. Um, I got them taking Xavier Leggett. Like I mentioned, when I took Dallas Turner at pick nine, um, didn't love the wide receivers that I could pick there and thought there were better options in the second and third round. I like Xavier Leggett here. For them, uh, he's a high upside player. He's got big play ability, and I think he complements what DJ Moore does in the intermediate part of the field really well. You go out and get Caleb Williams, another weapon uh, for them to add, and they just keep growing on this offense. Yeah, I like it. Thanks. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm giving you. I do think uh, they need to address wide receiver, and. I don't know. I think it's going to be tempting to see if they're going to try to do it with that ninth overall pick. I think that's kind of, if I'm a if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, that's what I want them to do. But I think I, it's good. I agree, but I think after you don't get neighbors or a Dunze, I mean, I don't want to spoil our wide receivers rankings right now, but I don't have anybody ranked that high 
and my wide receiver four, I think probably goes in the mid first round. Fair. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. You're on the clock at pick 52 with the LA Rams who took Kool-Aid McKinstry in the first round. Yeah. So here I'm going to go with Christian Haynes, the guard from UConn. Uh, Dotson, Kevin Dotson's a free agent this offseason, and they just smashed on Steve Avila in the second round. So go get some two, two not bookends, but I don't even know, book, book middle guards <laughs> for uh, this offense. And uh, I think he can really fit in the scheme for this wide zone running scheme and help keep Matt Stafford upright. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, they got some good, some good play out of, uh, out of no burn. Um, I think they do need tackle help at some point, but. Cannot hate just adding um, a really physical interior offensive lineman, really strong, had a great week at the senior bowl. So I really like Christian Haynes. I'm on the clock here at 53 with the Philadelphia Eagles once again. We have Quinion Mitchell and Dominic Pooney. I got them taking Braylon Trice, edge from Washington. Um, their edges are starting to age a little bit, and I think this is also kind of a different look than what Nolan Smith will give you with speed, who they drafted last year. I think he's got kind of a similar play style to a Brandon Graham who they've loved in Philadelphia for many years. Um, I also think he fits another one kind of with the mindset of that Philly, that Philly team. He really plays his ass off every play. And uh, we've mentioned this in the edge. I think this is a guy that's going to outperform his draft spot, no matter where he is, especially if he's in the late second round. Yeah. And I do think this is a really good fit for him. They needed, they need some heavy handed, uh, Edge rushers, like you said, they're getting a little older. So I think this is, makes a lot of sense. And he's someone who he'll just work in a rotation. And I think that's where he'll be at his best. Dude, this guy, this guy doesn't come off the field, though. He's going to be begging not to come off the field. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to work in the NFL, <laughs> though. All right, you're on the clock here at 54 with the Cleveland Browns, the first pick for them. Yeah, they didn't have a first-round pick. What was it from the um, Deshaun Watson trade? Watson. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Roman Wilson here, the wide receiver from Michigan. This is a guy I really like, and he really showed out It's uh, his separation ability at the Senior Bowl. Uh, this, this is a team that they need another weapon for Sean Watson. He really was shaky when he played. Um, Amari Cooper is obviously great, but Elijah Moore is just – he's Elijah Moore, and he's in the last year of his deal. Cedric Tillman was a big body, but you got Roman Wilson. He can be a slot. He's got some juice. Uh, and he's really, really good at separating. So I think he's someone – this is an amazing spot for him because he'll be end up being a wide receiver too, I think, by his second year, and a damn good one at that. Yeah, these late second-round wide receivers are going to be fascinating, I think, the way teams have them ranked. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to where these where some of these guys fall, like a Roman Wilson, like Leggett like Ricky Pearsall, like Tez Walker, like that whole group. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where all those guys end up falling. Dude, there's just so many of them. Like, so people, many. I think they could, they could go in just crazy-ass orders, and it's like, okay, like it's kind of understandable. You know? I mean, there are wide receivers that are going to go on day three who we really like, who are going to make an impact as like wide receiver three, wide receiver fours. Like, it's just that kind of class. Yeah. Um, I'm on the clock here at 55 with the Miami Dolphins. Who took Troy Fontenot in the first round? I got them taking Jatavian Sanders, um, tight end two from Texas. I know we talked about the fit here. Um, Durham Smythe, who was their tight end last year, he played 50% out of the slot, which I thought was higher than I originally anticipated. But I love these. If you can get 50% of JT snaps out of the slot, 
I love that for him. I love taking all of Durham Smythe's snaps and giving them right to Sanders. Um, just a really, really good athlete. Gives you something next to to Tyreek and to Waddle. Just a really tough guy to guard in the middle of the field. I think it's another added dimension that they don't have on this offense right now. Yeah, I love the red zone presence you give them too because he's good at contested catches. He's big. He's athletic. Uh, I liked, I was originally questionable about the fit, but you talk about Smythe's usage in the slot. I think maybe they guess they are kind of evolving in the way this offense runs, but I, I like it. I, make, I think it makes sense in that regard. Right. You're at 56 here with the Dallas Cowboys who took Tyler Guyton, offensive lineman, in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it before. I wanted Xavier Worthy bad. I, think, I love the fit in, in that sense. So I'm going to go with another wide receiver who's a great deep ball catcher and Ricky Pearsall. He's going to be... It's going to be curious to see how he's used exactly, whether it's going to be a slot uh, or out wide. I think he can do both, but he's a, another one. Really good route runner, just knows the ins and outs. And his deep ball tracking and just ability to come down with it in, at, at Florida was was impressive. So I think it, it helps give him a field stretcher too. Uh, and once Brandon Cooks leaves, he can develop into that uh, true wide receiver too for Dak. Right. Love that, love that fit um, with him taking over that Brandon Cooks role. I'm on the clock here at 57 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who took Keon Coleman, wide receiver, in the first round. I got them taking the first safety off the board here in Jaden Hicks out of Washington State. Um, I thought linebacker here, too, with maybe uh, Edron Cooper. Uh, Devin White and Levante David are both free agents. I think one of them will return. I don't think they're bringing back both of them. But Antoine Winfield, who was an all-pro this year, is also a free agent. I think they're going to bring him back. But even if he does, um, I think they complement each other really well. I think he's got big size. He can come down in the box. He's also can play in center field as your single high safety. I think him and Winfield are very interchangeable in that sense. And with Todd Bowles' defense where they like to blitz from a lot of places, they like to change up the scheme, um, I think he could do a lot of different things in multiple looks. So first safety off the board here in Jaden Hicks. About time. Yeah, it is about time. Um, you're on the clock here at 58 with the Green Bay Packers, who have Cooper DeGene and Kieran Amagie. Butchered yeah, that so, one that time. Yeah, that was good, <laughs> honestly. That, I, I, I don't know. Dude, they all sound good to me. I can't read. So, <laughs> um, so here, I'm going back to that offensive line. I'm going to go Cooper BB, uh, the guard. So this is a, a spot where I think in this situation, you can play Kieran at tackle and kind of just go through the growing pains because Bakhtiari is most likely going to be cut uh, according to sources and Runyon's going to be a free agent as well so, uh, at their right guard. So I think you can plug BB here in right guard. That interior is kind of set and then you can just, the guy has the tools to play tackle. Um, you don't really see athleticism and length like that too often. So I think you have to deal with some growing pains or maybe even sit him for a year, but that, that it makes sense, and I think it really solidifies this off the line in front of Jordan Love. And they, we know they drafted all their pass catchers last year, so now just go draft the offensive line this year. Yeah, Cooper Beebe, um, kind of the offensive lineman version of what Braylon Trice is. I feel like not going to be the best tester at the combine, but just wins with great technique, great power, and I think he's a guy that will outplay his draft position. Um, be curious to see where he ends up going in this draft. I'm on the clock here at 59 with the Houston Texans who have Leatu Latu in the first round. Um, I got them going Chris Jenkins, interior defensive lineman from Michigan here. 
They're going to lose Sheldon Rankins in free agency, who was outstanding for them. Um, and like I said, with when they took Latu, D'Amico wants his defense to run through this defensive line. I think you add a really high IQ defensive lineman, which makes a ton of sense. Uh, they need to get a little bit better at stopping the run, too. So I think that's really going to help them out. Can't agree more. All right, you're on the clock here. Pick 60 with the Buffalo Bills, who took Troy Franklin in the first round. Yeah, I'm going to go to the secondary here. I'll take safety number two, Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. It's just a ball hawk. Um, their safety has been aging for quite a, quite a while now. I think at least one's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, or are they both free agents? They might both be free agents. Yeah, so you're probably not going to be able to bring both of them back. They're another team that's in relative cap hell, and they have a lot of holes to fill. So uh, bringing back both veterans I don't think is going to be too likely. So go get go kind of like restart the clock at that position. Go get younger and get someone who can turn the ball over. Give uh, Josh Allen some more possessions. Yeah, just Micah Hyde is a free agent, but uh, Poyer only has one more year left on that deal. So I like that. Tyler Newbin, I think, could easily be the first safety to come off the board. Like you said, really good player, good ball hawk. I'm on the clock here at 61 with the Detroit Lions, who took Darius Robinson edge in the first round. I got them taking Edron Cooper here, first linebacker off the board. I really love this fit next to Jack Campbell down the line. Alex Anzalone is still there. Um, but I think they need more speed in this linebacking room. And I think when you have the thumper with Campbell and then you have the guy with Cooper, who's a little more sideline to sideline, really loves to get downhill. I think this is a really good fit for them in Detroit. Yep. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Pick 62 with the Baltimore Ravens who took offensive lineman Jordan Morgan in the first round. Yes. I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. I'm going to go with my guy, uh, Chris Abrams drain. They have a ton of free agents in that secondary. I think Rocky Sin, Ronald Darby, Arthur Molette, your boy, all free agents. <laughs> My boy. Um, so go get he may he's someone who's a little undersized. He can play inside or out, but he's got ball skills. Uh, I think that's very necessary in this defense. So uh with him, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, you got a nice young core. Then you also got the vet Marlon Humphrey there too. So really round out this uh secondary. Right. I love his uh his temperament and his mentality too to come right in and fit in in this uh yeah. in this defensive back too. Yeah, very mature. He just seems like he'd be a Baltimore Raven type player. Right. Uh twenty eight and a half draft spots too. You uh you covered there, so good job. Nice. Um <laughs> I'm on the clock here at pick sixty three with the San Francisco 49ers who took Chop Robinson in the first round. I got them taking TJ Tampa, corner from Iowa State here. Um, I think this is great value. I think he's going to go at somewhere in the middle of the second round. Um, I think he's going to be a, a really good combine tester. I think he's going to jump really high. Um, and I love him in this scheme, honestly, where he can keep everything in front of him, where he can have that really good defensive line, just get after the quarterback, can force balls out quick, and he can just go attack. Uh, so TJ Tampa here, pick 63 for San Fran. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I love his length. I love his physicality. I, I'm curious how he's going to test, though. So maybe we have to make another bet on on that. I don't know how we'll do it, but we'll let the people know before our uh, in our recap episode if we end up coming up with a bet for this because I don't think his... he's going to be as good of a tester in terms of speed and agility as you do. Uh, oh, I don't know if he's going to run that fast, but I think um, you'll see the twitchy and the way he jumps and the way he long jumps. I, I think you'll see it. Um... Yeah, we might have to look at his RAS score. Or I was, just, you know, I was just, just thinking that maybe like a over under eight point nine RAS score. Yeah. 
All right, round us out here with the Kansas City Chiefs who took Jerzon Newton in the first round. Yeah, so I passed on wide receiver in the first. I can't do it again. I'm going to go Tez Walker from UNC. He's someone who gives them size and, and just field-stretching ability that they're going to need. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Ganting is a free agent, so I think he can kind of slide into that role to start and maybe just develop a little bit more into a, a more well-rounded wide receiver two to Rasheed Rice. I think him and Rasheed Rice really do play off each other well. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, let me go through the second round. Big, uh, big deep breath. For all 32 picks here, and I'll read them out, and then we'll go through uh, some guys who just missed out. So at pick 33, the Carolina Panthers took wide receiver from Texas, A.D. Mitchell. 34 was the New England Patriots, taking quarterback Bo Nix from Oregon. 35, the Arizona Cardinals took Ennis Rakeshaw Jr., corner from Missouri. 36, the Washington Commanders took Graham Barton, offensive lineman from Duke. 37 was the L.A. Chargers taking wide receiver Ladd McConkey out of Georgia. 38, the Tennessee Titans took Zach Frazier, offensive lineman from West Virginia. 39 was the New York Giants taking offensive lineman Kingsley Suomatia from BYU. 40, the Washington Commanders again are on the clock taking Marshawn Nealon, edge from Western Michigan. 41, the Green Bay Packers taking Kieran Amagie. Uh, offensive lineman from Yale. 42, the Minnesota Vikings took edge from Alabama, Chris Braswell. 43, the Atlanta Falcons took Jonah Ellis, edge from Utah. 44, there was the Las Vegas Raiders taking quarterback Michael Penix. 45, the New Orleans Saints taking offensive tackle Patrick Paul from Houston. At 46, the Indianapolis Colts took Tavondre Sweat, the big interior defensive lineman from Texas. 47 was the New York Giants again, taking corner Kamari Lasseter out of Georgia. 48 was the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Malachi Corley, wide receiver from Western Kentucky. 49 was the Cincinnati Bengals taking wide receiver Xavier Worthy out of Texas. 50 was the Philadelphia Eagles taking offensive lineman Dominic Pooney from Kansas. 51, the Chicago Bears taking Xavier Leggett, wide receiver from South Carolina. 52 was the LA Rams taking Christian Haynes, interior offensive lineman from UConn. 53, the Philadelphia Eagles back on the clock, taking Braylon Trice, edge from Washington. 54 was the Cleveland Browns with their first pick, taking Roman Wilson, wide receiver from Michigan. 55 was the Miami Dolphins, taking tight end two, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. 56 was the Dallas Cowboys, taking wide receiver Ricky Pearsall from Florida. 57, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking Jaden Hicks for safety off the board. 58 was the Green Bay Packers taking Cooper Beebe into your offensive lineman from Kansas State. 59 was the Houston Texans taking interior defensive lineman Chris Jenkins out of Michigan. 60 was the Buffalo Bills taking safety Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. 61 was the Detroit Lions taking first linebacker off the board, Edron Cooper. 62 was the Baltimore Ravens taking Chris Abrams-Drain, cornerback from Missouri. 63, the San Francisco 49ers took cornerback TJ Tampa out of Iowa State. And then 64, the Kansas City Chiefs taking wide receiver Tez Walker out of UNC. All right, Ray, let's look Good at some... with that. Thanks, bro. I was uh, I was losing steam at the end. You know, like when should you... Take... Should have taken a hit of your Nick stick, Nick stick midway through. I was going to say, you know, like when you stand up too fast and all the blood rushes to your head? Yeah. That's how I felt by like pick 50. Yeah, you're um, getting red and then you start getting pale. I was getting a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some guys quickly um, who just missed out. Um, some guys on the offensive side of the ball, what I had. No running backs went in, in this mock. And I think there's a cluster of like 
four guys who could possibly find their way into the back end. Jonathan Brooks being the most notable. Um, some other guys, wide receivers, Jermaine Burton from Alabama, who's been uh, pretty highly respected. Jalen Polk, the other Washington wide receiver, um, and then some defensive guys, some of the linebackers who people have been talking about. Junior Colson out of Michigan, Peyton Wilson from NC State, um, some guys on the defensive line, Adisa Isaac out of Penn State, who's gotten a lot of buzz. I know he's not your favorite guy. Um, some guys on the interior, Rook Aroro from Clemson, Brandon Dorless from Oregon, and then some corners and some safeties. Uh, Mikey Sandstrill from Michigan. Kyrie Jackson from Oregon, the big long corner, and then two safeties, Camp Kitchens, who's gotten a lot of buzz, um, and then Javon Bullard also as well from Georgia. So any other any of those guys you think have a good shot at getting in the second round or even some guys who I didn't mention? Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, the um, what you call it? You said the Washington wide receiver. I can see him going in just because, like you I said, agree. I think the way that they're tiered, it's going to be so different for so many people. So I do think he probably ends up getting to the second round. Um, besides that, like I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't think Peyton Wilson is a name that you mentioned. I don't know if he's going to be able to go just because of the injury history. He, he's someone who really has struggled to stay on the field. I know he uh, when he is on the field, he impresses, and he especially impressed in with his leadership at the Senior Bowl. But I don't know if he can go in round two, especially with – I feel like the linebacking class, it's a little weak. And then there's going to be a lot of guys like tiered together. I think Junior Colson is a good shot just because of his athleticism, his run and chase athleticism. Um, but besides that, I don't know. It's still early, dude. Like we said, the combine starts uh, in two days or on Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. That'll have obviously a massive effect on where people end up. Yeah. I think if I had to pick any of these guys, I agree. I think uh, Jalen Polk, um, big contested catch guy, good run after the catch. Got good size. I think he could easily find his way into the second round. Um, I know a lot of people like Adisa Isaac as well. I think he could easily find his way into the second round. He'll test um, well, too. Yeah, he's going to test well. Um, and then I think Sanders still, um, corner from Michigan, even though he's maybe a slot-only guy, I think he played outstanding this past season. I think he's got big upside. Um, and let's talk about the running backs real quick, because no running backs go – I think Jonathan Brooks is the consensus one right now, but he's coming off an ACL, so he's not going to be able to go at the combine. But then there's this cluster of, you know, Trey Benson, uh, Audric Estime has gotten a lot of buzz, Marshawn Lloyd. Do you think any of these guys go in the second round? If anybody I mean, is Jonathan Brooks, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know if Jonathan Brooks can just because of coming off that massive D injury. Um, I think there's a chance maybe one can, like especially the Cowboys spot. I considered uh, taking one, but. With that knee injury for Brooks, I just didn't want to. I really didn't want to pull the trigger. I thought it'd be better use in the wide receiver market. But again, I feel like just the fact that all these running backs are kind of clustered, and there's so many of them, it's going to end up pushing them down the board. I think as a group. But once that run goes, it's going to happen fast. I feel like once it starts, it's going to go. Right. It's going to be a product of I don't want to take the first one because I feel good with six of these other guys. So I'll let somebody else take the first one. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think that's probably how it's going to go as well. I feel like a lot of these guys are, are destined for round three. Um, if I had to put a spot on it for sure. All right, my man, that was fun. Um, this is going to look completely different after the combine too. So can't wait to do another one of these two rounds with you. Fuck. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our pre-combined two-round mock draft. Stay locked in with us 
We got a lot of good stuff coming up. We got the combine review that we're going to go over. We're going to do interior defensive line rankings. Um, we're going to do running backs coming up soon. Wide receivers too, bro. Wide rec- Holy shit. How the fuck did I forget about wide receivers? We have a massive wide receiver episode coming up next week. So stay locked in for that. There's a lot of names we have to get to. Um, free agency is coming up soon. So we're going to have some free agency talk. I'm pumped up, man. We're full go draft. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us as we head towards this 2024 NFL draft. Ray, my friend, appreciate you.